Hello, you're listening to 9394, a music podcast with me, Travis Roy. I hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining me. If this is your first time, welcome. And if you are returning to the podcast, welcome back. For this episode, I also welcomed back my dear friend, Christian Hiraminski. He was on the show once before to talk about the band Green Day and their album Dookie. He's back to talk about another punk rock album from that era, poking at you from MXPX. Like I say, he's a good close friend. He and I were in a pop punk band back in the day. He is, these days, the friend I probably see in person the most. Which, yes, he lives close to me, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I have other friends who live very close to me that I'm lucky if I see them once a year. But Christian, he puts in the work, you know, he actively wants to like be around human friends, not just through screens, which all of us, I think, are inclined to do that from time to time. It's hard to make space in your life for one another, especially if you're a pretty introverted person such as myself. But it means a lot to me to be able to spend time in physical presence with good friends, not just, you know, click like to each other's bullshit. So I appreciate him making time for me and coming by my house, you know, since I won't often leave it to hang out with me. And on this occasion, we recorded an episode together talking about MXBX. So thanks for joining us. Here it is. Christian Haraminski, welcome back to 9394. Travis Roy, good to be back. (laughs) Thanks for coming back, man. As promised, off air, I will do my due diligence this time to not fuck up the audio for your visit this time as I did last time. Hopefully it all works out. So you are here for the second time, so we don't need to talk about how you and I know one another. But you're also here in person, so I guess, what are we doing for dinner tonight? You said something about Mongolian beef. You want to do the Mongolian beef thing? If that's my only, because you gave two options and it was Mongolian beef twice. Yes. That's all I have at the house. I'm going to go grocery shopping tomorrow. I mean. We could order a pizza or you're getting Mongolian beef. Pizza's fine. I'm always down for pizza. It's a Saturday night and we're drinking beer. And that does sound more like a pizza time. Yeah. You need something something to soak up this booze. Ordering pizza on a Saturday night, it's like, you got to order it well done. Because otherwise you're going to get some sloppy mess and just throw it together. Yeah. All right, so you're here to talk about Poconatcha MXPX, which is a band that really uh, had its roots in our friends group, especially early on, and we were getting into punk growing up. Do you remember how you got into MXPX? Because I think I have an idea. You alluded to it when you yeah. were here talking Green Day last night. On the Green Day show, I had the Dookie album from the um, Columbia House or whatever, and Mom wasn't too keen on the lyrics and whatever. Secular music, man, so... She was having Bible studies in the house to give you a little insight onto the uh, Hiraminski family back in the mid-90s. She'd have Bible studies come over and women would bring their whatever kids and stuff. And one of the girls from our church brought poking at you. Said, I heard you liked Green Day and your mom was giving you shit about it. She didn't say it like that. Right. These guys are a Christian band. They sound kind of like Green Day. So popped it in and I tell you, they did sound like Green Day. Mm-hmm. And I was stoked. And uh, went out and bought the album. Went to the Christian Bible Bookstore or whatever in Brighton, I yep, think. Yep. And that's the only place you could find it at that point. This was 
pre-Teenage Politics, their second album too, I think. So, yeah, uh, I think it was 26 bucks or something, because it was ridiculously... Oh, really? Oh, dude. The Christian bookstores had the hugest markup on all CDs. You don't say But you can't... Were they unethical? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd think they made their money in Bible sales. <laughs> we got another sucker here. We got another MXPX fan. <laughs> <laughs> all their CDs, though. So, yeah, the only place to find anything tooth and nail yeah. was at the Christian record store. And, yeah, you're spending upwards of 20, 30 bucks. Not at Cannibals, really? Not for a while. Cannibals Music was the record store right down the road. The, the secular record store right Yes. Down the road. A great record store, yeah. but they eventually carried Life in General, and then you'd see the back catalog once yeah. they got a little once bit little bigger. Bit. People start maybe asking for them. Yeah. Hey, I'm sick of paying $27 <laughs> for for this band. Can you order it, buddy, for 16 or something? Because that was about, you know, any punk CD back then was 10 bucks. Maybe 27 is a little high. I know it was near 20 Yeah, I mean, buying a CD in the early mid-90s was not a cheap thing. No. It was, I mean, if you're paying 12 or 13 bucks, you're getting a deal. As I recall, it was more mm-hmm. like 16, 18 bucks. Yeah, you go to Tower Records, 1999 yeah. for the newest whatever. 20 bucks out the door pretty often after tax. Absolutely. Roughly. So, and that's why I still own my CD collection. <laughs> yeah, uh, a girl named Beth Swalski. Thanks, Beth. Introduced me to MXPX and the rest was pretty much history as far as being able to listen to something in my house openly. Yeah. And then they led me down the Tooth and Nail Records. A lot of really good bands on that. You know, a lot of hardcore, some metal, yeah. some ska. I mean, they had a bunch of everything. Eventually got older, Lookout Records. Right. So I was able to branch out by being in tune to an entire indie record label's offerings. Yeah. Like, you, you just felt special. Right. You know, they'd send you a catalog, basically handwritten by the people that work there. And you'd order, and they'd send you, like, a check, you know, if, for a refund was literally from... One of the guys that worked at Lookout Records or like Tooth and Nail. Mike Herrera's mom, I think, worked there for a minute. Because we ended up getting a refund check from her. <laughs> Wait, from her personal account? Well, her name was on the check, so I don't know. Maybe her name was on the business That's funny. side of it. I don't know. That's funny. Christian music in the 90s, there was some decent acts. You know, I mean... DC I, Talk, bro. Well, maybe not DC Talk. They were popular, uh, though. Jars of Clay were not decent. I have no idea if they were good or not, but I just know that I 100% thought that the song on this album, Jars of Clay, was about the band Jars of Clay and thought it was pretty funny, and then I looked into it a little deeper. I read the lyrics and was like, oh. oh it's a Second Corinthians reference, yeah. I think. Unless yeah, it could be Jars of Clay's favorite song. When did uh, they form, I wonder? Um, I don't know. I'm not really up on my You're history not up of on your Christian music, <laughs> Christian rock, mid '90s rock. Uh, <laughs> no, if you wanted to talk, uh, no, there's none of them I could talk about. I mean, Sufjan Stevens. I could talk Sufjan Stevens. He's a Christian. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He never was on Christian labels or anything like that. And his lyrics are, you know, he'll swear and stuff sometimes. So he doesn't do like Christian music, but at the same time, a lot of his songs are just outright like. Hallelujah, Jesus is here, and that, that kind of stuff. Hmm. Which is a lot of what this album is like. But, like, you don't necessarily notice it right away. Like, I got the album on, and I'm, like, rocking out or whatever, I'm, like, doing dishes. And then, like, and then it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you follow God. And it's like, oh, right. <laughs> That's what I'm listening to, which is not the norm for me. No, and I was surprised a lot of you guys in high school got into MXPX because, you know... I had been into them for years before yeah. that, and then you guys, we all went to that MXPX show at the Livonia Church somewhere, 96, 
Yeah, what's the damn plumber talked about in the Pearl Jam versus episode that we did? Uh, if you want to listen to more of that epic event in our young lives, I wish I liked Pearl Jam more, but I'll listen because I like Dan. Yeah, <laughs> I was raised Christian. You know, I was raised Nazarene in the Nazarene Church. Happily left that faith, but I was raised that way, and so um, I wasn't necessarily turned off. Like, so I got into teenage politics and then really into life in general. And they were not singing as overtly about God and Christianity at, at that point. And at the same time, like, then as now, I also sort of respected it. Because even though it's not really my thing, it is punk rock to sing about whatever the fuck you think. You know, regardless of what everybody else is into and, and likes. Sure. It's true we are a brotherhood. We all know it. Funded by the Son of God. So I've always kind of respected that about them. Although they did kind of, like Hope's Fall or other Christian bands, they kind of started to trend away from that the bigger they got, which is always interesting. Well, you got to follow the money. <laughs> Not a lot of money to be the made real in a religious God. scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Because I think I read that Herrera isn't religious anymore, doesn't know that he believes in God. Yeah. You know, this is, a, I mean, they were 15 when this album came out. Okay, that's... I they were in high school they when they got 15. signed to Tooth and Nail. Okay. And this album came out... And yeah, so I mean, they're kids trying to figure that shit out. I remember that yeah. age. Like, oh, yeah. I was kind of Bible thumping there too, just because that's what, you know, you're still Santa Claus eligible. Your parents have been beating it into your head that whole time. So eventually you get older and you start experimenting with that. And you can hear Mike throughout this album experimenting with the idea of why are people shit and who can I turn to kind of thing. And also kind of dealing with the fact that he wants to fuck women that comes up <laughs> a little bit right yeah. like, i mean a little I mean, bit like the, the song crushes in here the song uh was it thinking too much i, th- I think it's called or something like mm-hmm. He's like, I can't wait for you to get here. And I'm like, oh, he's thinking about the return of Christ. You know? No. <laughs> he's, he can't wait to see a girl. And it's good that they're able to do a few different things, but it's just like, you know, they don't have to only sing about one topic. Too Much Thinking is the track. I noted that this is early evidence of his melodic style. Yeah. Amidst what I think is an entire album written by Andy, the original guitarist for MXPX. Oh, okay. Because... This, if you listen to it, is rough, raw, fuzzy. Fuzzy? Fuzzy Oh, is it fuzzy? It's fuzzy. It's the fuzziest fucking album I think I've ever heard in my life. The guitar tone, it sounds like a 15-year-old came up with it. Yeah, 15-year-olds playing in a fucking Marshall with a, you know, or whatever. Probably an offshoot of a Marshall because you can't afford it, and it just sounds shit. And they (laughs) mic'd that. But you can tell just the riffs that he writes. This album was played at about, I mean, my arms hurt for Yuri. It was played at about 200 beats a minute Yeah. this entire fucking time. Yeah. And this is the only album they really go that hard, and it's for 21 songs. For the most part, they are racing through this, 
it's got that chunky 80s sludge metal sound to it. So I feel like knowing Teenage Politics, knowing Tom's in the band at that point, mm -hmm. it's a totally different sound. Completely different sound. This is like, I'll just call it sludge rock for the sake of terms, but it's sludge punk. Sludge punk, yeah. And you can tell that Mike's, I think, struggling because you can tell he wants to sing, but he's rattling through a few lines of verse yeah. to try and keep up with the pace of the song. <laughs> There's no melody to put over some of those riffs and chord progressions. It's just like, it's really raw. And it's not bad. When I was 15, I wasn't writing anything near this complete. These are complete songs. And complex. I yeah. mean, songs like Realize, for instance, are like complex. The stops, the breaks, the changes, and they keep it pretty tight. And that's one of the problems I have with the fuzziness is that it undercuts how tight they actually are together. Yeah, for that age especially. For that age especially. And it, that was one of my main notes, is that this sounds like teenage punks making a teenage punk album. For sure, but... Which is cool. That's not a problem. It's actually a lot better, a lot more precise than even some of your older dirt punks at that point. The Exploited or something like one of those just yeah. crust punk bands yeah. that are terrible. Fucking Dead Kennedys, dude. They're a great band, but they were terrible. They were not good <laughs> musicians. They played too fast. Right. Sloppy punk. A sloppy punk. Right. But these are kids doing it better than 25-year-olds and in the 90s and coming on the heels of a fucking explosive Green Day album who, if you listen to Mike's bass playing in some of these, he's got a Mike Durnt-esque style to him in some, like the aspect. Uh -huh. Track seven. They've got a little bridge where he just breaks it down. Do 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 do. It's a little you, buried. You'd almost, you'd think in the mix. you're listening to Dookie, but Dookie had just come out. I don't, I don't know how inspired by that he could have been because this album came out months later. You know, so 21 tracks. Having listened to Dookie and be like, I'm putting this out. It's no way. I mean, there is another song or two that I thought of Green Day as well, mm -hmm. but. You're right. They're like contemporaries. They probably just listened to a lot of the same bands and just had a lot of the same influences. Probably. What do you think is the best track on here? Oh, I got it. I had a little problem. It changed once. <laughs> but no, my favorite track is Walking By. So I kind of had to think for a second because there's a lot of tracks on this album. Tons. And I would not say they all sound the same. I kind of thought that first pass, like the first time I listened to it, mm -hmm. like this is all kind of sound the same. But the more I listened to the album over the last week or two, I'm like, well, no, there's quite a degree of variation between the songs. Some are more harmonic, some are more aggressive. You know, there is a lot of variation, but at the same time, 
it's kind of an all-out assault, so some of them didn't stick out to me as much, so that one didn't really stick out to me, but tell me why it's one of your Well, favorites. it's got one of the more melodic choruses, and I think it harkens to the future of Herrera's kind of what he ends up being able to, I think, write. You yeah. know, with, with a guy like Tom, who didn't really know how to play guitar apparently very well when he joined MXPX, but was willing to learn. Frankly, you wouldn't know. Teenage Politics is really picky, and yeah. he's got some great riffs on there. Huh. You know, like, this guy doesn't know how to play guitar. Fuck you. I, I can't do that. Yeah, I think that's subjective. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just got one of the few melodic, you never notice me, you never see me, kind of that sing-songy Mike Herrera thing that he eventually becomes pretty infamous for within just fast, can't sing anything over this, <laughs> you know, this riff. Yeah. Let's see, early, uh, Wantad. Well, that one, yeah, that one's very melodic. That's a melodic one. Kind of radio-friendly kind of song. What else? There's a few like that. I noted my melodic ones. And it's funny, because now, listening to this, I think a lot of the stuff that I appreciate more in this album are the less melodic songs. Mm Mm-hmm. But growing up, you know, I had Teenage Politics, I had Life in General. I listened to this album, I heard it, like, probably with you and other friends, but I never owned it. I never went on my way to buy it, I thought it was a little rough. So I just was like, I'm good with these two, you know. Yeah. And uh, listen to it. It is kind of a rough album. I mean, you can't yeah. lie. But again, like, for what it is, you gotta respect the age that they're doing it and the influence that they had on others. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, to tell people that have never heard this, and I imagine very few people have, that's something, yeah, you have to keep in mind. This isn't some kid out of high school, 18. No, this is a 15-year-old. Yeah. And it's fucking good. And their growth over the years. I mean, I just saw them live in October. And they're just killing it. Throwing instruments through the sky at each other yeah. across stage. It's pretty fucking cool. cool. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, something that you did at 15 having this much relevance? Or 16 with teenage politics, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I hardly remember those years at all. They're like in the misty fucking past of my memory, you know what I mean? I remember bits and pieces about it, obviously. I mean, I can talk about it on the show, but, like, yeah, it feels very far away. I was thinking about it today, I, and I haven't listened to this album in... I would say 15 years at least, mm-hmm. you know? But some of these earwormy songs, I will just sing randomly. I got licked in the ear for yeah. those of you who would yeah. never see this. because you. As you said earworm, Scruffy got up behind you and stuck his tongue in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that. <laughs> He's like, oh, like this? <laughs> yeah. This is an earworm, you little fuck. But yeah, um... I will find myself randomly without having heard it in 15, 20, 25 years even. Because this was a rough album. I didn't really revisit this one once they got into, especially life in general. Dude, I was, we were off and running to Pop yeah. Punkville. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I had to kind of leave the crust punk behind. Although I still, you know, pay my respects here and there. But, you know, you never notice me. will just pop into my head once in a while. Just the way he ends a song. I don't know. Yeah. Just randomly, if I see the word Jesus, I hear the end of, what's that song? Which is the song you're going to go out on, because it's apropos that we end on the word Jesus. You know what song you want to go out on? What yeah. Is it? The Aspect. Okay. All right, we'll go out with The Aspect. When I think Jesus on this album, listening to the album, for a long time, I thought there was a song where they're going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus but they're saying TV sucks. TV, TV sucks. sucks. I thought they were saying yeah. Jesus for a long time. <laughs> One of the 38% of the songs that don't mention God, really. 
You did the math. It all, I did the math, yeah. 62% of this album is heavily religious, which was surprising to me because you'd think it was more. I did jot down every well, God mention, every every hint think, of a... Think about it, though. If you listen to an album, any album, and 62% of the songs were about mashed potatoes, you'd be like, wow, this band loves mashed potatoes. Like, they won't shut the fuck up about mashed potatoes. You know, any one subject, I mean. Or a girl. Or any one subject. Hey, you know, you know he mixes mean? it up. But, oh, oh, and the other thing I was going to say about why I think of this album randomly is because he uses the word exagitate. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. Probably like to sit and think. I never, I looked it up probably when I was 16 or whatever. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. But he uses the word in the aspect and I've never once in my life had to use it naturally ever. Never could. Sorry, Mike. What's the other word? He uses a strange word. Exogitate. E-X-C-O-G-I-T-A-T. Yeah, it means to think out or yeah. plan. I got the meaning. It was almost like listening to a, a Spanish word, and you can kind of yeah. like get it. Well, that's what, yeah, you infer. Um, what's the other word that he uses? Ignominy is another word that I've never naturally had to use. So That's like to be like not respected. Like a not respected legacy, I think, right? Sure. I got to double check that now. Again, another word I probably looked up when I was 15, 16. Haven't seen it since. Public shame or disgrace. Yeah. Twisted words causes public shame is what he's saying. Mike's dealing a lot with, like, high school shit. People being pieces of shit. This whole album's about, you know, a couple songs about chicks. And then the rest is like, why are people pieces of shit? (laughs) (laughs) Who can I turn to? The guy in the sky. I was able to pick a favorite song for this album, even though I, I didn't really... I don't have the history with it like you do, so I'm not going to necessarily pick like a underrated song. Sure. But I thought the song that was best on here that stuck out the most was One Day Window. One Way Window? He does that. Yeah, that's a great ending to that song. One Way Window, I thought, was the end of the album. I thought One Way Window and Dead End were like one song. They kind of bleed into each other. Yeah, because it's got that little drum fill. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, one, yeah, One Way Window is okay. the best No, that's a good one. You know, I made no notes on that song because I like it just, you know, just enough. Yeah. It is one of my favorite endings to one of his songs. It has a little bit of darkness to it. It kind of makes me think of No Use for a Name a little bit. A little bit. You know, they're, it's almost thrice to me. Hmm. He gets a little raw there. Mike's pissed. Yeah. Pretty good song. But there was a lot on this album that didn't grab me. Right. What's your least favorite song, what, what sir? I, I have to ask you first. You're going to ask me what my least favorite song is? Oh, boy. When I started this podcast, I kind of thought that I would just talk about albums that I loved. And then I realized, like, well, I'm never going to get guests if I only try and talk about albums that I love. 
there's been a few albums I've done where I'm like, this is not my favorite album. And this is one of the albums that hasn't been my favorite album. That's okay. Um, well, I feel kind of bad for anyone listening that's like a big MXPX fan, but... I'm a huge MXPX fan. It's my least favorite MXPX album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you I know. Think it's probably a lot of MXPX fans' least favorite album, but... It's probably MXPX's least favorite album. It's a guitarist that hasn't been with the band since the album came out. Yeah, and it's their first it's... release. If I was an artist, I would... You know. Technically, they were Magnified Plaid when this dude was... I have the disc that says Magnified Plaid on it, not MXPX. That's right. That's what it stands so, for. So you could call it a totally different band. It really, And yeah. if you didn't know the history about how MXPX became MXPX, yeah. which is Yuri writing his periods as X's on a flyer because Magnified Plaid is too long for the flyer, <laughs> that's how MXPX became. And their next album was just MXPX, Teenage Politics. And that's how they went. Capital M, capital X, like all the way. I didn't know that the first album, that this album was originally under Magnified yeah. Plaid. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, the song that really kind of made me roll my eyes is Bad Hair Day. It just, mm-hmm. it just seems really kind of like it's reaching. It just feels like... It's an obvious least... Fa- and I put it as my least favorite. It's but- your least favorite, too? Sorry, I can't relate. I refuse to associate. I mean, it's an obvious one. It's just a goofy kind of... Because on Dookie, you said, you know, getting rid of that all-by-myself song, what's your least favorite? Mm-hmm. So you already know that that's kind of what that is. I'll give you one, because I have two, three... I have three others in contention oh, for okay. my least favorite right, on this so, album. Yeah. But I will give you, because of a terrible intro, I'll give you Twisted Words. Which has, we were just talking about, has the ignominy part in it. It's a whole, and then it's a whole different song. Okay. And then he uses the word ignominy, and it's like, like right, dude, you lost. <laughs> you can say exas, whatever the fuck the other word was. Uh, I already forgot. Exogitate or whatever. Exogitate. Ignominy is too much. <laughs> Uh, Jars of Clay is a contender. Yeah. It's just, I don't. Jars of Clay. I mean, it's just kind of like. It feels like a different band came on and did that song. It's just too repetitive. And frankly, a lot of these songs are literally just like nine lines of verse yeah. repeated a three minute, times. Two minutes long. Right. right. And then Bad Hair Day. Was there another one I didn't mention? Bad Hair Day. Jars of Clay. Twisted Words. Yeah. Those are my. Okay. So. Oh, the- and Unopposed. Unopposed, track six. Oh, I kind of liked Unopposed, actually. Do you? Yeah, because again, I thought it was kind of... Is that the one I was just singing, maybe, instead of the other one? signature change from that sludgy 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 
it's just like and it just takes off and yeah. you're like what the fuck is this dude and then that's the one I was just saying nine lines repeated three times alright get on with it and and frankly it might be one of the longer tracks it's like man what the fuck are you doing <laughs> on the post yeah two and a half minutes so of the longer tracks it's like alright enough you could have done that twice but I'm not here to fucking pick on a 15 year old so how about underrated then What's your underrated track on here to get back on the good side of the album? I give uh, underrated to Time Brings Change. break in there super melodic that's the earworm i think on the album and i think it is the underrated song can't be my favorite because walking by has always been i think walking by has been my favorite since that album came out yeah but time bring change is a close second and i will also give a little shout out to um ears to hear that's a good one right now there's Remember them playing that at that church show? Oh, really? So they still played Poconacci shit into their life in general years. That's cool. I remember that song very distinctly. I'm glad you brought that up because I wasn't going to pick an underrated song because I don't really have any right. rating of the album, but that is my second favorite on the album. That was first pass through. I was like, oh, this is probably my favorite. And then I went with One Way Window. But yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, there can't be an underrated on an album full of songs you've never heard. Exactly. <laughs> For any literally anyone sense. listening to this, I can't imagine. Right. I mean, email Travis at uh, 9394 podcast at gmail very good let him know to let me know that you've heard this album because i would fucking love to know honest to god if anyone listens to the episode if anyone if anyone the episode, i mean i might they'll hear the album well some of it you're gonna play the whole album well, 48 no. minutes behind it god no but they'll hear, they'll hear, pieces <laughs> they'll hear enough yeah, of it to go chunks. i've heard the album and <laughs> you've seen them live Many, many, many times. Okay, so more than just the, the so many church. times. Oh, dude, after the church show, I followed them around like a, and I just saw them, yeah, in Vegas at the when we they were young festival. They played anything off Pocahontas? Oh, I can't recall that they did. I think they did. I mean, Jesus, man, they still put out albums. I mean, they're killing it. And so, I mean, Green Day does too. Yeah. 
and they were fucking awesome live too. So since we've been here, I've seen both of those bands at the same show, and it was fucking incredible because I was unfortunately not on the Mike Durant side of the stage, but I was like five rows of people back from the other guitarists at Green Day, and like just massive fucking sixty thousand people, wow. just a sea of fucking human. Kept looking for emergency exit, but it was fun. It's worth the money to spend at that place to go VIP. I feel like I have more access to emergency exits. Well, you know, save the rich. Well, <laughs> whatever, man. To see 30 bands that I adore, I'm going to pay 700 bucks to go fucking sit in shade yeah. like an old man and stretch my legs on a nice little fucking fake turf instead of being in the heap like I did last year. The heap was horrible, man. It was not worth And the heap is only half the price, so I'm going to play two heaps to be on the nice side. They had air-conditioned bathrooms. A lot of use of the word heap, but uh, I, I don't know that <laughs> there's ever a good heap. There's so many heaps. Is there ever a- Oh, there's heaps walking around and making bigger heaps. People are fucking Wait, are the people heaps? Yes. I thought a heap was like a bunch of stuff piled together. Yeah, people are... Oh. Have, they wear stuff. They're fucking idiots. So I'm a heap. Well... I'm wearing stuff. I mean, if you were... <laughs> I've got I clothes on. Backed you. <laughs> oh, okay. So they're like shambolic heaps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I haven't watched you walk around a festival in a while. But if you mope around, yeah, you're a fucking heap. I think the fuck I, out of the way, dude. I think I'd probably be in your way. Some of us are running to the next thing. I've been in a car with you before. I'm pretty sure that we move at different speeds. Have we been to Cedar Point before? Because I will run to the next line. My wife hates it. No, we must not have been. No, no we had to have been because you went to Eric's. You were yeah, it was Eric's thing. Yeah, yeah we, we puked in the uh, in the breakers public restroom, and then uh, all right, good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right in there, Eric. Yeah, give me a second. All right, good to go. <laughs> Maybe one day when you're, you know, running out of shit to talk about, when 93 and 94 is over, or you want to do a little throw-off show, I, I really want to follow up on this band and their next album with their next guitarist. It's just, it really paved a different path for them, and I, I was grateful to have been there for almost the entire fucking, the entirety of it. Yeah. Just having been introduced that early. They were the underground, because it was a Christian scene. Right. So... You know, to see them in a church that was smaller than the shelter, you know? And then now they're huge. They're fucking, they're headlining big stages at, you know, 8 o'clock at night at a huge festival. It's crazy. They're legacy punk now. Legacy punk. And they, they play select shows, and that's it. So that's why I haven't, see, I haven't oh. been able to see them in 15 yeah. years, because they only play, like, they'll go to Florida and Denver. They don't do tours. No, they don't tour much, or they haven't in a long time. At least since I've been paying attention. I'm old with kids now, I don't give a fuck. Well, actually, that's not true, because I do now. Now I'm more in tune with my kids older. And I don't we got babysitters now. Now we can just freewheel. Woo! But, yeah, it's um, it's just good to go back and hear what got me here. Yeah, so 1994, so we're coming up on almost 30 years of listening to this band. And that's crazy to me, you know, that's like, uh, I don't know, people that saw 
The Who when they were in a little shack and then got huge. Eh, Alex Pigs is known The Who, obviously, but they're still around, dude, and they're still doing it. So they, you know, like you said, they are a legacy band, and it's fucking cool to see to go out and watch a fucking fifty-year-old dance around, and you can go, Jesus, how would I be faring right. with that? You know, it's only a few years away. Well, no, I mean, but having tried being in a band to go do that yeah. full time for your lifetime, right? And this is the beginning. These kids were in high school, their whole lives, literally in front of them, and they're still killing it, and that's fucking exciting, man. You grew with them in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. like Yeah, and it means a lot more to me. I didn't want to pick on it, and I kind of, you know, I felt like I had to a little bit. You can love something and still acknowledge its flaws, especially if sure. it's like, it's part of MXPX. It's not all of them, right? This album, right. right? It's their start. And I'm sure if they sat down with us and talked about this album, they'd probably have more critiques than us. Oh, for you sure. You know what I mean? Probably don't even want to talk about it. Like, we won't. You listening to anything else lately? Um, sort of. I was chatting with our mutual friend, Derek Fern. Love him. About the guy from Every Time I Die's new band, Many Eyes. Okay. So I apparently, and this is completely relevant, he went Christian. Oh. It's still good music. I'm still going to listen to a fucking good metal band, whether it talks about God or not. And then he was telling me, about, so they're called Many Eyes. Okay. And they're pretty good. And then he was talking about the rest of the band started a band called Better Lovers. And they're fucking good, too. So they broke up. So they broke up. Because uh, of his Christianity. Because basically. basically, it sounds like. I haven't really done any of the research, but Fern might. In I think it just summed it up for me. He went Christian. Here's the bands. Check them out. They're fucking good. Okay. And that's about that. And other than... Uh, I went down that Green Day rabbit hole for you <laughs> the other day, and it's yeah. fucking great to get back into them a little bit. And uh, just anything I saw when we were young, man, I'm, I've got my little disc out and Saves the Days going back in because they're going to play Stay What You Are in its entirety next year, and I'm fucking there for it. Can't wait. So, yeah, I'm getting back into it, but mostly podcasts. <laughs> well, so, yeah, because I work. It's something to tune out. Right. Music's not my thing. I, it distracts me a bit these days. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> There's nothing good new coming out, and I'm kind of done with what I've been listening to. And I've always, I don't know why I shun the idea of going back and like having something old be new to me. That's how I work. Yeah, I need to get over that. Because there are bands that I've like, because I feel like I missed out on the moment. Right. Like, who gives a fuck? It's fucking music, man. It's for your ears and for your brain. Right. So who gives a shit right. when you got into it? That's how I work. Most of the stuff I listen to has been out forever. You know, so like I'm a big Warren Zevon fan and he's got so many albums. So like recently I've started listening to the 1991 album, Mr. Bad Example, and I'd never listened to it before. And now I'm just kind of processing that and listening to it a whole bunch. And then, you know, I just got through with Life Will Kill You before that. So like, you know, I'll listen to this one for a few months and I'll move on to another Zevon album until I eventually go through his whole discography. And that's kind of how it works for me. And especially with stuff that like... Because a lot of times I get into bands and I'm in for like one album, two albums, and then I'm kind of done and move on to other stuff. But as I've gotten older and less things are grabbing my attention, it's like, well, what what was I missing? And right. So I'll go back. I don't know. I've been happy to have Sirius Radio pumping on some classic and new punk on Faction Punks. This is not a commercial. <laughs> and, um, they have a metal station that is pretty good. And I'd tell you to check out Bad Omens if you're into like melodic metal. It's fucking good. Travis isn't a fan. But he could appreciate it. Yeah, I'm not a huge battle guy. (laughs) But the guy can sing, and I've seen him live, and they put on an insane show. And it was like when I'd seen Blink-182 back in the day when they opened for Less Than Jake. Yeah. This was one of those where I saw them open for, fuck, 
can't even remember, and now they are headlining a huge stadium tour. So, yeah, pretty cool. Check out Bad Omens. I typically end my podcast with like some questions from the 90s, and uh, sometimes I fuck up and forget to do that, which is what happened today. I just... Was frozen Mongolian beef run in the 90s, Travis? Uh... <laughs> it was if you went to BD's Mongolian yeah, BD's barbecue. It's about to be the same exact joke. <laughs> So I've got no 90s questions for you. Let me think really. Oh, good. Just think of anything. So you mentioned the MXPX show that we all went to. Yeah. The church. Off the top of your head, is there any other uh, shows like that were that like all of Heartland went to, like our Heartland High School? Yeah. Uh, that show I literally just mentioned, that Blink-182, Less Than Jake, Friends Around was there at Clutch Cargo's. Yeah, I was I there. would tell you a ton of people were there. The Dan Plummer crowd, kind of. Another shout out to Dan. He'll remember that one very distinctly the one we're going to next weekend uh bear vs yeah. sharks 20 year anniversary of right now you're in the best of hands yeah yeah uh bear vs shark playing by the time this episode drops it will be already in the past but that'll be fun we'll see a lot of people we haven't seen in a while there i mean it used to be just like a lot of us did go to warp tour and shit like that or yeah. a lot of us we were all in bands so it was kind of like it was hard to say who was the crowd because it was so extensive, man, after a while. I mean, if you really wanted to go high school, I don't really... It's hard to say, right, but yeah. Who fucking remembers, like, who was there? I run into fucking all sorts of people, and Steve Janicek would run into ten more, and <laughs> by the time you're done, you know the whole place. That's kind of how it went, yeah. I mean, I can remember going to see Bad Religion once with Blue Meanies, I think it was, and Unwritten Law, as I recall. Oh, that was, yeah. It was one of those things where, like, I went with a couple people that I had planned to go with, but it's not like we had organized or talked to other people. We just showed up, and there's, like, 50 other people that we know, you know? <laughs> that was always fun. But, yeah, uh, I apologize. I didn't really <laughs> have a more proper question for you ready. But in terms of listening to music and uh, hanging out, we're going to continue to do that this evening. Most Probably excellent. not with Mongolian barbecue. Let's order a pizza. Yeah, sounds great. Supreme. Supreme, I mean. <laughs> A night night. A big thank you to Christian for coming back on the show. Means a lot. He's not just a good friend, he's a good patron of this podcast. He helps keep it alive. He was lucky enough to go to that Bear vs. Shark show he mentioned at the end of the episode. I did not get to go to that, after all, which was a major bummer, but life happens, I guess. Christian came and recorded in person for this episode, which uh, should have been obvious, and uh, we tried something a little different, where we both had our own microphones, and we were recording on separate tracks, and that seemed like a really good idea at the time. And uh, I will never do that again. Turned out to be quite an editing nightmare. A lot of echo there, which I did my best to clean up. My apologies. Another kind of a recording issue here was the fact that, you know, I have a small dog. I have a couple small dogs. And one of them in particular, Scruffy, he likes to be part of the podcast whenever possible. And he was really extra assertive this time. He really loves Christian, and you could actually hear his tail banging against Christian's microphone off and on throughout a lot of that, because uh, he was like sitting on Christian's lap or chest or head throughout most of that. And a lot of times I'll put Scruffy away when I have guests, because, you know, he's such a needy boy. But uh, I couldn't take him away from Christian, who he just loves so fucking much, even though Christian is... I wouldn't say Christian doesn't love... He, he, 
he tolerates Scruffy and uh, marginally likes him because uh, he likes me, I guess. <laughs> and like I said, Christian is one of the people that keeps this show going, uh, a regular guest. And I need, I need new guests. And to keep this thing growing, I need new guests. And if you, listener, want to come on this show, maybe there's an album from 93 or 94 that you want to talk about. For instance, in 1993, Rancid released their self-titled debut. Had that song Hyena on it. Remember that song, that video? come on and talk about that album or maybe there's some other album from the era you want to talk about doesn't have to be punk doesn't have to be beloved by anyone but you shit maybe there's an album you fucking hate you want to come on and talk about i don't care if you've got something to say here's a platform that i'm offering you or maybe not even you if you know somebody that you think would be a good fit for this show send them my way send them an episode of my podcast or something i don't know let's uh make that happen all right, folks, we're going to wrap it up right there. Thank you to Christian again for coming on the show. Thank you to MXPX for their near-lifetime contribution of music to my life, to Christian's life, perhaps to your life. And, um, yeah, we'll leave it there. Oh, shit, right. Uh, also, you can email me, 9394podcast at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook. Uh, anything else? Oh, yeah, rate, review, please. It helps. Thanks. Music podcast with Travis Roy is a labor of love. It is not and never will be monetized. Please don't sue.